Are we recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We're recording pretty soon after you know our last podcast there. The Leafs have just played their first game of the regular season, a 4-3 loss to Montreal in Montreal. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. How's it going? Uh, hey. Jason, not as excited as the start of yesterday's episode. You know what? Also not saying as many incorrect facts. <laughs> you so, know what? Yeah, we're off to a good start already. So here we go. Here we go. Um, just I want to get a vibe check from you guys. Like what? Just the gut feeling from this one. On it. Like what? what's your gut feeling on this one? Just like how do you feel inside? Forget statistics and analytics and like what you actually saw. Like just your gut. Here's the thing. Honestly, full disclosure, I had to work tonight. So I didn't get a good look at the game. Okay. So I'm going to be a bulk score warrior right now. In my gut, you Ooh. trade for an AHL goalie and you get AHL goalie production. Again, I don't know if that's the case. I didn't get a good look. at. I, I, got, I saw some of the goals. Didn't really get, get a good look at the game, but I'm coming from the perspective of someone who, you know, wants to like the Leafs. I know, sorry. I, I love the Leafs, but like I'm just putting my head into a fan who's like exhausted after last season, exhausted after the summer, feels underwhelmed. And you know what? They're like, screw it. I'm not watching this game. But you know what? They, they get a little bit interested after the game. Hmm, what happened? Did the Leafs win? Did they beat the Habs? And they look at the box score and they see 23 shots against and they see four goals against. And I'd be someone who's just not, not happy with that. Mm-hmm. And I understand like the shots on goal doesn't tell the whole story. There's a lot more numbers and things you can look at. And also you could just, I don't know, watch the game, right? But as going from that angle, like you trade for an AHL goalie, you get AHL production. So, but yeah. I don't think his actual game reflected that, but the like the stats did for sure. Obviously, yeah, they do. How, what was the save? I've seen it. I've seen it thrown. Seven fifty. I've seen it thrown around everywhere, all over Twitter now. Eight twenty six save percentage. Oh, what a start for Matt Murray to his least career. Like, okay, but I want to see how many shots did he get in the third period alone? Like just the third period. The third period, the the Habs had no shots, and then suddenly it like flipped. And they were kind of all over us right after, as usual, in the NHL. It's funny how this works. When you don't score on a couple power plays in a row, the other team grabs a bit of momentum back. But mm-hmm. um, They had six shots in the third period. Yeah. and I feel like most of those were at, like with five, five minutes, 10 to 5 minutes left in the game. I'm trying to find So what I can see right here, there's three shots from the beginning of the period to about five minutes in. And, and then there was a period of eight minutes where they, the Habs didn't record a shot. Eight minutes in a row without I, a shot. If I'm doing my math correctly, maybe like six minutes. Maybe I, mean, I might be yeah. wrong. Sounds about that. right. That's yeah. from that's seven, like, yeah. seven minutes. Seven minutes. Felt like a long time. That's seven minutes. like that's a lot. That's a long time to just be sitting back there and watching your team. And I understand, like in goaltending, it's the weirdest. I said it right before the goal. What did I say? We need a shot against. Yeah. To get the goalie feeling the puck again. When you're just sitting, I feel like that was Washington's issue for several playoffs in a row. Braden Holtby would literally be sitting back there for a full hour of time and not have faced a shot. But that, honestly, I'm sorry, that can't be an issue, though. Like, you know that. It just can't. It's an issue with every single goaltender but in it, the league. Okay. It, it just seems like an excuse for our goalies a lot. Like, all the time. I, mean, I, I don't think, I don't know if it is. Honestly, I don't think it is. I think good goalies make saves, right? Like, no matter what time. Uh, so because so your team's so good that they don't give up a lot of shots, that's it d- bad? It throws off the whole... I, I understand the it throws off the goalie, but if you give a guy $5 million, it shouldn't throw him off. Like, that's what I'm saying. 
Like, does Vasilevsky get thrown off? No. Does Shesterkin get thrown off? No. Maybe in minuscule circumstances. But I've heard this excuse for Leaf goalies for the last six years since they were a pretty high-flying offensive team. And I just don't think that's that warranted anymore. I just don't. Like, I, and I just want to say, wait, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that's not a thing. I agree. That's probably a thing. But it, it can't be the excuse anymore. Yeah, and also this isn't a goalie that we signed that we will like we traded for this contract. We we I understand we, we received, received assets, assets for, this for him, correct? But like you willingly took on that number. It's like I don't know. Well, I don't even think the goalie was bad. Like yeah. for for me, it was more like it felt like just they ran. It, they really did run back a very similar team, and it feels like it. Like it was a similar similar result. Like it's a top heavy forward group. We know that. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys with the bo- in the bottom six can do some stuff. You had a new player on line two. It looked very similar to last year's line two. Pretty good offensively, pretty terrible defensively. Your decor is solid, but you have a second pairing of two guys who kind of struggle to move the puck up the ice when they're on the ice together in Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin, and they played poorly tonight. And you have a patchwork tandem in net. Like, it's, mm-hmm. there's really, it feels like the exact same thing, and I think a lot of people are probably a little tired of that. It felt like if you didn't watch this game, just watch the highlights of any of the games that the Leafs lost in the playoffs against Montreal. It felt like the exact same thing. Uh, One thing I did want to point out here, the Leafs had, in terms of Corsi 4, so shot attempts for and shot attempts against. The Leafs out, I guess, oh, that's a five on five. Okay. All situations, 63-4, 50 against, right? So they had the possession of the puck the majority of the game. I test matches that as well. The shot shots on goal this game were also in favor of the Leafs. It was, what do we have here? 32-4, 23 against. Okay, those are some numbers there. The one thing I want to point out, the expected goals battle here. 2.52 against, 2.494. Yeah. So in terms of the quality of the shot, we got more shots for but our total overall quality was less than what Montreal got. And I think that was very telling of what happened. I think Montreal was able to collapse down low. They were able to limit shots in tight and the Leafs were unable to, you know, get into those scoring areas consistently. We saw Michael Bunting was able to do it. He got, he was in, um, in front of the net. He got a mismatch with Josh Anderson. He was able to finish. After Gino that, Malgin. Gino, Gino Malgin got the same thing. Tavares, nice little uh, sh- Nylander shot, rebound. Tavares, nice little pass to Malgin, buries it wide open net. But then outside of that, like it was like good real estate, we'll call it, was tough to come by. Yeah, I, right? I, I agree. And I think a lot of that was not that the Leafs played poor. They system. played into the, Montreal's hands. For sure. On offense, for sure. Very perimeter. First line, extremely perimeter. It was almost like they were trying for a rush chance. If the rush chance didn't go, they circled around and around and around the zone like we've seen before. Um, for me, though, it was more like the defense, the defensive sloppiness in their own oh, zone. Yeah. I think defensive sloppiness in transition as well. Yeah. Uh, the puck was bouncing like crazy tonight. It, the, uh, so many issues with the ice. The color changing oh. from the arena ads, like, it was wild. But they need to do something about the, the arena. Bell but that was the Bell app. Center. It wasn't the digital ads. It was not. Mm. Which is, which is even worse because the players can see it too. That's weird. It um, was the, the ice was turning red. Guys were falling all over themselves all game. That yeah. was crazy. But, I mean, Austin Matthews, in terms of the shot quality, let's take a look. He had shots. He had, he had three hits, but five shots on goal. 
His expected goals, 0.15. That is behind Dennis Malgin, who led the Leafs. Oh, yeah, he shot puck on an open net. William Nylander, who had 0.44. Alex Kerfoot, 0.4. Pierre Engvall, 0.25. How many shot attempts did Pierre Engvall have? Uh, Three shots on goal. How many shot attempts? Oh, I think th- I actually really want to find this one three. out because he. I have him at five. Five. Yeah. He was fired it from everywhere. William Nylander had nine. Wow. Really? Oh, is that that's all? Sitchi. I'm looking at five on five. Individual though. Corsi four. I'm lo- you're looking at all Sitchi. Yes. Yes. Which yeah okay that makes sense but yeah Pierre Engvall five Corsi four, but I mean that that Austin Matthews statistic there like that's. Very telling of what was happening all game. He could not find the scoring areas, and he was all he had that he could do was fire it from from the perimeter. And I mean, that's not telling of what Austin Matthews is. We see Austin Matthews score ten to fifteen goals every single year. Tips in front, off of rebounds, get into the gritty areas. There, I mean, he just couldn't like he couldn't really get it going this game. It was an unimpressive game from Austin Matthews. I'll say that. But yeah, I I agree. Definitely one of his lower caliber games he's played, and I think he'd probably even admit that. A lot, yeah. a, ton, a ton of perimeter shots, like, and as usual, they're trying to feed him, which mm-hmm. is as they should. But where he was is like, geez, I can't even. And also, this is a very minute detail, but like the the play they tried to make to him in front that led to the goal, he shouldn't oh. have even really been pinching there because Morgan Riley was still in the corner. Mm-hmm. So you had four guys down low, but yeah. it's Austin Matthews, so like. You expect the pass to be made, but it was not like the right read, no, for example. No, it was a terrible read. But like, who cares? Austin Matthews. But if you're just wondering what would, like what happened there, that's what happened. He's oh, forward the, three. That was the first goal, right? Uh, yes. The two-on-one goal. Yes. So that yeah. was the first goal. And then the second goal, what happened on the second goal? I, was, I think it was Bunting made a bad Bunting drop dropped pass. it to him, and like, and Matthews Missed it, was kind of on his back, and he tried to turn and fell, and then it was... A three on it was actually a three on three coming back. I just took yes. Morgan Riley an extra second to realize that he had support, and by the time he like turned his stick over to block the shot, Caulfield shot it like right as he was moving his okay, stick. That's a shot that's got to be stopped. Yeah, that one's got to be stopped. Plain and simple. That one that hit the middle of the bar. Like that's the one goal where I'm like Matt Murray really needed that one. Like yeah. to start the game, he made some good saves. Like he was bailing the Leafs out. There was a play in the second period where Justin Hold brutally turned it over behind his own net. Puck came out front. He made a huge blocker save. Puck went into the corner as well. Like, I thought there wasn't really any rebounds that were of danger in front of him. He was either kicking pucks out really far, which he did on the power play, I believe, once or twice, or the pucks were going into the corner or being smothered right in front of him. Like, I I don't want to... And I mean, that was about all the positives there was. I don't think Matt Murray played well. I don't think he was put in a very good situation to play well, but because... And why would that be? Well, I mean, when all of the offense is at one end of the ice and the only opportunities coming back the other way are the guy has all the time in the world or it's a two-on-one or your defenseman is turning the puck over right in front of you, yeah, that was it just leaves you in a horrible spot, yeah. right? I don't disagree. So they put him in You can't say, oh, okay, well, he gets a pass for this. No, he did not play well, but I'll, I'll give him the but on that one. I'm not going to say... Oh, God, Matt Murray, 826 save percentage. No, I'm going to say Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin turned the puck over 400 times this game. So if I remember correctly, in the playoffs, what were the Leafs' defense pairings? It was Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody, right. Morgan Riley. Um, 
Igor Oshaganov's cousin or whatever Ilya his name Labushkin. Is. Labushkin. And then Giordano, Lilg- uh, Giordano Lilgren or Giordano Hole. I would definitely put a torpedo to their current D pairings. I think we've seen it before. We've seen Muzzin Hall. That, quite frankly, they can't transition the puck up the ice. I know what Ju- Justin Hall's fancy stats say. I know they say he's a good defenseman. He's not a bad defenseman. Go look at him skating to his corner, picking up the puck, and trying to exit the zone. It is Nikita Zaitsev-like. Not as bad because that's worse than the league, but he is not good at that at all. You put him with Jake Muzzin, who in a pinch can make some good exit plays, but he's not the most fleet of foot. He's not even as fleet of foot or as reliable on exit plays as Mark Giordano, for example. Mm. So why are you smiling? Well, because finish your point, and then I'll, I'll yeah, keep going. So... I think they should be doing Muzzin back with Brody. And I think they should be playing even... I almost prefer Riley and Hall, to be honest. I would. Like, honestly. Can, can, I, can I tell you why they're not going to do that? Why? Because their $7.5 million defenseman cannot play with anyone other than TJ Brody. That's why. And yeah. that's, that's, that's the unfortunate well, to be, fact. to be fair, I thought he played decent with Ilya Labushkin in the playoffs. Okay. Mm. Then maybe we should have re-signed Ilya Labushkin. Well, it doesn't have to be... What? A lot of people were criticizing Labushkin in the yeah, playoffs. I didn't people thought he didn't I, I thought they were fine. Like I really did. I didn't think like they I mean they toe to toe with Tampa seven games. Like I was yeah. I'm kind of surprised they took they went away from Muzz and Brody, but maybe we'll get back to that at the end of the Chances season. Chances are we probably will. Yeah. But again, like uh, we're we're gonna probably have to go through a full season of seeing Brody and Riley again because I don't know. It's 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 crazy. We have to put our best defensive player with our yeah. best offensive player. Uh, and our best, or sorry, our best offensive defenseman, and the guy who we pay the most on the blue line, can't carry his own line, which is what. It's pretty also much, not a good look that our not. five point two five or five and a half million dollar defenseman played as bad as he did tonight. Yeah. Fair enough. He also, I, I, he had a breakaway. Yeah, how crazy! Oh. That? Jake Muzzin had a breakaway. But also, like, to kind of bury the league lead. But I think Mark Giordano's like the best defenseman. The, in the league. I don't know about that, but he's. One of the most, at least the top two most consistent yeah. players on the Leafs. Yeah. So I, I'm honestly a little surprised still he doesn't play more. Maybe it's a load management for the playoffs because I believe in the playoffs he was touching 20 minutes a game. It was close. Maybe 1930, 1940. Joe, you can check that for me. Right. But like I, when I watch him play, he truly is like a steadying force on the back end. And I saw a lot of people say, oh, how was Sandy? No, I didn't really notice him, which is weird because he's an offensive dynamo. I, I thought they just played a simple game, exited the puck, created stops in the neutral zone. When Giordano gets the puck, it's calm. It's not, no one's worried. Like, and it doesn't mean he's not going to make any errors. I'm sure he is. But overall, he just makes so many smart and good plays. It's what a former Norris Trophy winner who understands that he has some skating limitations now but can still play. That's what a player like that does. So I, I would personally like to see him playing more higher up in the lineup. But... More, I also more under- power play. More power play. <laughs> Again, Plain and simple, it's, more like, power it's play. like taking Taveras off the front of the net. If you, Riley's not playing on your first power play, why did you pay him all that money, right? So I think those things matter internally. Yeah, in terms of who and gets the ball. as well as optically score. because you don't want to admit that you were wrong about something so soon after when you, you committed to it, right? I hope that's not the case. Anyways, with Jared Daniels' playoff uh, average time on ice, total, not, not five on five, but total, yeah. it was... 2007 that's because the overtime game he hit 25 but each game was 1957 1937 yeah. 1826 1956 1844 2509 and 19 yeah that's like that's fine i think he could even probably play a little more 
Yeah. But like Hall looked better with him than with Muzzin, you know? Well, yeah, Hall looked better with Sandine last year than yeah. what we saw from him tonight. He was atrocious. I mean, maybe maybe the ice, like I'll really give him an excuse here. Maybe the ice and he's his hands are terrible enough as they are, where like, you know, that really affected him there too, but like they that we had two defensemen that played nineteen twenty nine and eighteen eleven that were just atrocities out there. Justin Hall didn't throw a hit. <laughs> That's a little bit surprising, but all right. Yeah. He was he he he, he completely stunk out there. There's no other way to put it. He him and Jake Muzzin were horrible out there. I didn't love the way Morgan Riley played either. I mean, he was very... The issue is with how Riley played tonight, I felt like he was very aggressive offensively, and it didn't really lead to anything offensively. Like, Correct me if I'm wrong. Was he in on any goals? He had an assist. Who did he assist Looking on? Which right one? Now. I'm trying to remember. Was it a secondary? He, has a, he had a secondary assist. On which goal? Uh... Oh, it's right on the side here. Second. Oh, it was the William Nylander John Tavares school. So the, the so like the breakout the, pass. He, he was not even a break. They broke up the play. Him and him and I thought it was Malgin that got in on that, but they broke up the play and it went the other way. Yeah. So, I mean, sure, it was it was a good defensive play, but like offensively, I wasn't overly impressed with him. Right? I thought the power play was clicking more when Giordano was out there with them, noticeably more than when when Giordano was out there versus Morgan Riley, right? Like, it was just too many players that are getting paid a lot of... Like, I hate to sound like Sid Sixero here, but too many players that are getting paid a ton of money were just it, ghosts out there, if not negatives out there tonight, right? So yeah. I do want to highlight one player because it was... He was dash two tonight. What the hell? But he had one of the most interesting games... I've seen, well, interesting if you've never watched him play because he does this a lot, especially in the playoffs. Pierre Engvall, it felt like, had the puck out there the entire time that he played. It, uh, somehow he always ended up with the puck on his stick, and it was like, wow, like that's a small positive there. That's a small positive there. However, these, none of these positives resulted in a goal. None of these positives even came close to resulting in a goal. Like his offensive ability is just so limited. It was it was wild to see. Like it was like okay, that's a it was a good Pierre Engvall game, but like it was just overall just a zero. I would say I don't think he was he was at fault any of the goals he was on the ice for, but he had the puck a lot and it just didn't result in anything. Yeah, I agree. That's all. Yeah, uh, but not that he's a bad player, but he definitely is prone to doing that mm-hmm. nice <laughs> um yeah. uh the yeah. fourth line so you were saying that the fourth line got caved in in terms of expected goals battle but they were the only line that didn't get scored on right interesting yeah so the expected goals battle according to money puck which is a little so uh, is the word softer i don't know what, what the proper word would be to use here but they are more generous in awarding an expected goal than other sites like natural statric so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they had, let me just, where is it? Oh yeah. They had 0. 0.706 expected goals against like the other lines oh, that stuck together, 0. 0.287, 0. 0.162, 0. Mm-hmm. 0.124. And then the, the 
other lines that were just kind of mashed together. Like there was 0.297 for Matthews, Maligan, Engvall, which were obviously just caught on a change type thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they were significantly our worst in expected goals against. But again, maybe that's how... They had zero shots for. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's they, all that's why. They just combined. didn't well, have any... All three options. combined for zero shots. Of course, for. yeah. But that's... I mean, Abe Kubel hit, the goal, hit Jake Allen more times than he shot the puck on him, yeah. right? But maybe he rocked that, him. That was so funny. That's also something that maybe that expected goals doesn't take into account, though, is like no. Zach Aston Reese. I'm sure he hasn't had like a, definitely always probably loses the expected goals battle, but he doesn't yeah. get scored on the ice. So he's obviously doing something right. Right. Hey, so so like, I was I was a doubter of this line. I thought they played fine tonight and they even drew a penalty, which is a huge plus for them. Like I felt like the puck more than a few occasions. We saw the puck in the offensive end with and they had the puck. Right which means they weren't starting in the offensive end. They were able to get it there, cycle it, and then either rock the goaltender or draw a penalty, right? So I, I thought that line was fine. I mean, I know what the expected goals say, like zero chances for a little bit against, but like I thought they gave, I thought they gave the, the defense and the defense and the goaltender like a very easy task when they were on the ice right i even thought the third line was fine i didn't see it was an issue sufficient like, i mean it played i thought kerfoot had a pretty good game up and down the ice looked did. more comfortable at center had yarn crock yarn crock was kind of invisible but that's kind of yeah well first game we'll chalk it up to that and then engvall when he had the puck on that line was just holding it not doing much but that's kind of the issue is that your third line looked solid, but without a real dynamic player, like we've talked about, it's going to just be like a run of your mill third it, line. It resulted in no goals for right, it. exactly. So, <laughs> so, I think, I definitely think the Leafs are lacking—not lacking, but they could have a more dynamic mix in their forward group. We talked about this a lot. Like, mm-hmm. maybe Malgin's that. I don't know if he is or not. Like, I think ideally, when you stack this team up in the playoffs. Malgin's not on your second line and Engvall's probably on your fourth line. Mm-hmm. One of Axton, Reese, or Abe Kubel doesn't play. That's probably what you're hoping for in the playoffs. Again, looking far in advance, but yeah. I don't know. It was also an uninspired effort and Sheldon Keefe yes. kind of made a quote about that at the end of the, or after the game saying, given what this team's been through, this is an unacceptable performance. I've wondered all off season, you know, does he, if they struggle, how long is his leash? I really don't know, but yeah. Oh, before to close off on that fourth line, defensive zone shift starts. Uh, David Camp had five. It looks like Abe Kubel and Zach Gaston Reese had three, compared to one offensive zone sh- uh, start. Right. right? So yeah, that'll that with uh, that combined with zero shots for, that's where you get killed on the expected goals battle. But I mean. What did Steve Simmons say? Thank God we play in the National Hockey League, not the Corsi Hockey League. Yeah. Am I right? It's a good one. <laughs> um, so I know we're bouncing around topics here, but is there anything else you wanted to say? Before? Yeah, I wanted to touch on Dennis Malgin. What were your thoughts on him tonight? I thought he has the puck a lot, which can be good and can be bad because there's another player on that line who probably wishes he had the puck more tonight because at one point uh, – Somebody turned to me while I was watching the game with them and said, I haven't really seen what William Nylander has done tonight. And I said, if you look, there's been two plays in particular where Amalgam has taken the puck from his side and instead of passing it across to William Nylander, he skated it all the way across the ice for an entry, which, again, it may look nice. It's not an effective play in the National Hockey League because you're A, skating right into the check of the defense across the ice and B, you're neutralizing your weak side winger. 
But it was good that he had the puck a lot, but that equaled William Nylander not having the puck a lot. It felt like a disjointed effort from that line. It did, but, you know, they, they scored two goals. One of them was a pretty nice two-on-one. Give John Tavares credit. He had two primary assists tonight. He His first assist was great. He it was basically a backhand pass, kind of blind backhand pass in front of the net, and Malgan's just what standing there. What about a second there. assist? And his second <laughs> assist was great because he knew his limitations there. Maybe a normal player just bolts right to the net for a two-on-one to try to slide the cr- the puck across. I think Tavares felt a little backside pressure, and instead of doing your normal two-on-one, he kind of made the pass at a blue line, and it almost sprung Nylander for what was a, a basically a breakaway. It was a very nice mm-hmm. play, and Nylander scored. So it was good. It, it, I'm glad to see those guys get on the board, but I agree. I, I think we'll, we'll have to see how, how much they can... You know. It was a weird two-goal effort. It, like, it, 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 it was not smooth. It was not like the most... No. I don't know what is disjointed. I want to say, is that mm-hmm. a fair thing? No, to that's, say? that's a hundred percent how I felt as well. But like they ended up on the score sheet twice. Right. Yeah. So. I, I think Dennis, like to your point on Dennis Malgan, almost exactly what you said in the preseason is exactly what he looked like. Like he can skate the puck. He's got pretty good speed. Looks comfortable transporting the puck up and down the ice. Defensively still defensively kind of a mess. Bad a checks. Mess. I think. We'll a nice see. If, reverse hit. Yeah, that was whatever. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens, though. I think again, is that the right mix for that line? We'll yeah. see. It was weird, but it somehow worked. Yeah. Right. But like, again, not that the box score matters, but they were basically fifty-fifty with the other team tonight. Mm-hmm. Mostly playing against defensemen you've never heard of, and not great forwards on Montreal. Let's be honest. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. our whole top six needed to have a better effort tonight, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. They, they scored three goals, but like they were also on the ice for quite a few goals against well, as well. And right? as we know, like they have to, because of the current build of the team, they have to carry quite a heavy load. I will say another person I was watching the game with said, I have no idea how Pierre Angle scored 15 goals last year. <laughs> but he did. And not only that, he had like seven in the previous two years. Like, so. and he looked he looked like Connor McDavid skating that puck through the neutral zone. He honestly did. Unfortunately, like, when he hits the blue line, it's like a little spell. And he that's why I still think if, if he's not on the fourth line, like playing him with Tavares kind of makes sense. Like somewhat. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Like. I think you hit the nail on the head with Dennis Maligan. I thought their first period was, was horrific. Was really was really like, they were just defensive miscue after defensive miscue after defensive miscue. And I even put it on the, our Instagram story. I said, this second line sucks. They look horrible. And then they scored, like, five minutes after that. So, a weird, weird effort from that second line. Uh, the top line, not enough, I'll call it again. Like, mm-hmm. too much against, not enough for... Uh, the third and fourth line were kind of neutral, I want to say, but I like. I think you got to realize, like, I don't know, I, I don't know how it happens or who's responsible for that, but you have to realize, like, your defense can't be getting caught as much as they did. Like, how many two on odd man rushes did Montreal get the other way? Yeah, too like, many. They scored, and on top of that, Cole Caulfield missed a wide open net on a two on one at the end of the first period. What happens at the beginning of the second period? Oh, tell me. They scored. On a very similar play. On a very similar play. And what was funny about that was that Dennis Maligan had a breakaway like 30 seconds before this. And it hit the outside of Jake Allen's skate and then off of the post. And then you know how you know how hockey works. Just so much randomness. It just 
Puck goes the other way, and bam, it's in the back of our net, right? Yeah. I, will, I want to see, as the, the games go forward early in the season, how inspired the Leafs are to play some of these games. Because yeah. that was definitely not their most inspired effort. No, that was it was atrocious. Like, it was, it, it just, it left you feeling empty. Like, there were positives from this game, and it wasn't like, oh, like, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Austin Matthews, they all play. Austin Matthews played not good. He, he was not good at all. But, like, when you look at the other guys, it's like, well, this guy played okay, and this guy played okay, and this guy played okay. But it's like, you lost. Who was your standout performer? To the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, that, this is the best question. You who lost was your, to the Montreal Canadiens. Who was your standout performer for the Leafs? <laughs> um, nobody. You I don't no, care. Who knows? Like, right. that, like, standout performer, they all deserve a smack in the head. Like, that was... It was flat. It just wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know. It felt weird, right? But I don't know. Maybe Montreal, you know, honoring everyone, including the popcorn salesman before the game, like lulled them a little bit, but that shouldn't be an excuse whatsoever. But that was, it just sucks. Because you know, they can like, they have some of these games in the regular season, but last year they had maybe like five total. Like they didn't have that many. We I remember we went through it. The expected well, the goals. Beginning of the, the beginning of the year. Yeah. After that. Oh well, yeah. Maybe they're gonna do that. But I don't think they can do a beginning of the year game like that again. I no. really don't. Well, do you think Keith gets fired if they go two and seven again? No. No. I think he's more protected than than we think. Oh. I don't. I think, don't. I don't. Ooh. I'm not saying that I want him to be. I think that's just what the sentiment and feeling I'm getting from it. What's it called? Like an, an ace in the, I don't know what the saying is, but like, that's like the ace in the hole for the lease management, right? Like yeah. whether they're close to Sheldon Keefe or not, if, if we're going 18 wheeler off a cliff style, that is the, the Trump card you can pull. Yeah. But say it's not us. The coaches, they less lost the coach's message. Like, no, no, for sure. For sure. But I think we figured out throughout the off season that our GM feels comfortable in his role. Right? Yeah, until you go two and seven, and then we'll and see. One. It's still too early. I bet they went one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, without a doubt, they'll probably smoke the, the, the Caps. What do you and think about the goalies? I mean, they're going to be playing against the hungry Caps team. The oh, Caps yeah. got Caps. embarrassed. Five two. Yeah. yeah. Was this the, at home too? Yeah. It was to the Capital One Boston Arena. Bruins to the team that we all predicted to make the playoffs. The playoffs and that's like they looked. They look good. Bergeron scored. David Krejci had three points. Krejci points. points. Welcome back. Holy smokes, man. David Pasternak. Krejci's a... We talked about it when they signed him. If he's 80% of what he was, it's a huge help because they don't have Eric Halla or Charlie Coyle trying to fill that role. Mm -hmm. They have Coyle playing a defensive center role as your 3C, which is a really good spot for him. And Bergeron Krejci is a really good top two center. It's cra- crazy that he's like 30-something years old and he comes into the NHL like back after a year off and he's a, once again one of the best top six center, like two-way centermen in the NHL. Like again. Uh, or Krejci. Krejci. Like not, like sorry, second, like as a second yeah, line yeah. center. Also Bergeron coming Berge- back. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But no one's surprised by that. No, right? of course. That's just, death taxes portrays Bergeron being amazing. So, um what were you going to ask me about the goalies? What, do you think how early is it to be like okay, who's taking like if, well, if who's taking the job? If Samsonov plays well tomorrow, does Samsonov start on Saturday? Hundred percent, Joe. No, didn't they announce that Murray was starting already? That for Murray Saturday they already st- announced that. But aren't they afraid that it's in Ottawa? <laughs> it's not in Ottawa; it's in Toronto. Whatever. Aren't they afraid they're playing against? You know, you know, I'm getting that. But um, 
If they announced it, that's interesting. I um, thought they announced it, but I could be wrong. I, th- I, I think it was. I think if, if I mean, if Samsonov plays well against Washington, like he puts up a great game, I mean, why wouldn't you start him against yeah. the Senators, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this was wasn't great from Murray. I don't know. He made he started off the game. He made some good saves. He made some solid saves, but then the game plan kind of like got away from them almost and. I thought he was like almost a, a steadying yeah. presence in the first eight, in the first ten period minutes. for sure. But like, how funny is that? Like they were giving up about as many shots as they were getting and it was, they looked good and he was solid and everything was fine. But then the second they started playing like better, that's when the defensive zone just became chaos. So the one thing about him, I, I think, and Joe, you're going to tell me I'm wrong or right. And I, I could probably, I'm probably wrong, but he looks, he doesn't look very fluid in the net for me personally. And the only reason that worries me is because we know, especially if Jake Muzzin's playing not his best hockey, our decor is prone to some bad turnovers that create some pre-shot movement, oh, yeah. like He's- the fourth goal. He's not the quickest goaltender. Right. Like he's and he's going to be better on that initial shot. And so. to be fair to Matt Murray, he's 28, which you may say, oh, that's not that old. His injury history is very long. Taxing like on the body. He's had a he's had a rough go. Like, yeah. Not that like he's a guy whose career is probably a on mix of uh, No, no. His career has gone the way it has a mix of his play, but also a mix of some injury and off-ice oh. things that he really doesn't have the Can't most control, control over. So that puts a lot of mileage on the body, so we'll yeah. see. I, I, it's going to be something I'm going to keep an eye on. So, yeah, something exactly. to look for. I mean, yeah, he's not the, yeah, he's not the quickest. It's it, it's not the prettiest kind of thing, but you know, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. I feel like tomorrow are going to be talking about his glove hand because I want to say all four goals were on the glove. Okay, side. but is that not like a little bit of a small sample size? It there is a very small sample. Like, how size. do you know they didn't it's shoot twenty times to the glove and four to the blocker? Then exactly. Yeah, it's. So. I don't think the glove hand. I don't think it was the glove hand. I think it was the pre-shot movements that led to the shot going to the glove hand. I mean, if it was a scouting, if it was a pre-scout that oh shoot the puck glove hand on Matt Murray, like we would have noticed it visibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't notice anything. Yeah, that game, right? So he's all, and I've seen it on Twitter. Oh, he's got his palm facing down, palm facing down. You guys, he's been doing that his whole career. Yeah, just go back and watch the film. His yeah, whole career, he's been doing that. There's a lot of goalies who have different quirks to their positioning. Yeah, that's why like positioning is something I probably will never like. Oh, okay, if the goalie's out of position because they're flopping around, that's something. But the way yeah. they set up for a shot, how, I've I seen don't know. some goalies hold it where like. Like it's it's almost inward kind of. Which like goalie held it really low for least? Was that Anderson who had a super low glove? I think so. I can't. And I remember that being commented on. Like, oh, who cares? Like, James Reimer, people <laughs> roasted. Glenn Healy tried to roast them on his glove hand because uh, if you remember when he went down, he would never like catch the puck. He would try to catch it in his elbow. Which, yes, I do remember that. And then people were like, hey. Hey Glenn, what about your glove hand? And they showed him letting in a goal from center ice. So that was kind of funny, but yeah. Um, any other thoughts that we have on this game? Let's take a look. Not that I can think of. Any changes to, that we're going to be looking for next mm, game? Other than the goalie, no. Yeah, Samsonov is in. I think that we see. 
I think defensively they tighten up. Like they have to. Like in terms of just allowing what they allowed through tra- transition, I think tomorrow tomorrow they're they're really gonna have a better handle on that. It's on home ice. If they come out flat again, that's that's when I, I'm, I'm gonna get a little little bit pee pee poo poo on. Them. Like, like if, I don't want to say that. What? Throw Same. throw jerseys. I, I could see if they lose tomorrow, some idiot <laughs> throws a jersey. Like that's just the most leaf thing ever. But one thing for me, I didn't like the power play tonight. I thought it was a little disjointed. They had some chances Very on the last one, but I'd like to see them again put Matthews in the bumper more. Mm-hmm. Braden Point, Ber- Patrice Bergeron. Uh, like there's guys who score at, who are power play snipers who score a ton in in the bumper position. And that doesn't have to be a permanent bumper spot. Like just mix them in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't Mitch Marner on the bumper makes no sense at all. Yeah. Like it, it it just doesn't. I'd rather have William Nylander there. He's more of a mm. immediate shooting threat, I would say. Yeah. And who's like Marner's more likely to get it to whoever your bumper is. So, but I don't know. That's a, this is a long term thing. The power play yeah. it just it looked a little disjointed. In terms Did, of lineup changes, they can't make any because you can't switch yeah, anyone yeah, in and sure. out. So but I meant maybe lines. we barely have a full lineup. Yeah. Didn't last year? Sorry, who? So the the flanks were Nylander and Matthews. Correct? No, the flanks were Marner. And Marner. Matthews for most oh, of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Nylander mixed in a little bit, but he played a little bumper as well. He oh, okay. mostly played the bumper. So I, I was confused. Were you not saying that Marner on bumper no good? No good. Okay. So what? So they were just mixing it up, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And did it look fluid at all or no? Was it like more one uh, one power play was, hey. To be fair, Austin Matthews did hit the post. No, no, yeah. But like was it more, because remember last year there was a couple times yeah, where they were playing super fluid. Like Marner would literally be. At one point, below the 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 dot, even though he I, was, I think uh, the the defenseman on the first power play had a less than stellar performance. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second defenseman who subbed in for him, I thought moved the puck really quickly. It was really decisive, and it helped a lot. How did how did it work with zone entries? Uh, they were actually just no 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 just they, like the draw pass was almost immediately followed by a quick pass across the ice, which yeah. worked pretty well. Makes sense, right? Because there's if if. If the PK or usually they only have one PK or challenging three holding the line, guy yeah. can only pick one side. So, that's but they point. like they were as usual. I think they were especially trying to feed Matthews tonight, and he was just not in the highest danger scoring areas. Like, yeah, yeah, simple enough. I I don't know if I'm Mandela affecting myself, but I feel like last year it was off injury too. But I feel like last year it took some time for Matthews to get going too. No, it, it, it was it off. Did. It was off injury though, so that's a little bit different. But not worried. I'm just. You no, analyze. Of There's only one game we can analyze. And yeah, I'm not worried at all. Like he also hit the post. How how, how about this? Let's play this game. How many games? Okay, how many games are we I worried? Think same same time as last year, November nineteenth. <laughs> the panic button year. Yeah, day. that's that's the panic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't panic no. at all. Oh, I'm not panicking. Any, like at, at any point in the season. Yeah. Really, unless no. they're like five to ten points out of the playoffs. Like. Yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say how many games. Well, that's in- what I, I mean. By November 19th, if they're below 500. Like- no, but that might not be the worst thing for them if it results in a shakeup. Mm-hmm. Sometimes right. you need to go through some adversity, right? I mean, I feel like they, like, they have. Last year, there was, but- for whatever reason, a huge emphasis on the regular season. I don't think anyone cares as much. I'm not going to say at all. But I think the overall pressure on them in the regular season is about as low as it's ever been. Yeah, I, I think that was partially a result because, like, seven games in, everyone was ready to pack it in. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason. Okay. And then... Well, they and, also lost to Montreal, so there was more pressure. Like, they lost to Tampa, so it's more like... It's like a, a like an 
it's an apathy towards yeah, the team. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, lose okay. to Montreal, then lose seven seven of your first 10 games. It's yeah. not a good look, right? No, not at all. Or however many it was. I think it was less than seven, which is crazy. Uh, I was like... I think it was they were like four and six. Like, it was literally like you said. I remember you saying this on that podcast a year ago. This is the worst stretch the Leafs will go on throughout the regular season. Yeah, it was and, never and even it close. Was. Like, it was by far the worst. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, like... The team, it just feels a lot like the teams before. So it's hard to really make any groundbreaking analysis. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it just sucks. But we got another one. No, nah, it's a long one. season. Yeah. Try to have fun watching them this exactly. year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. I've, like, kind of got a sneeze right now, but not really. So this is a. Well, is it's a just. Tough. Yeah. There we go. We're good. But, yeah. Same sort of lineup next game. It's going to be the same, yeah. Yeah, minus new goaltender in in the net, and hopefully we we see a new Toronto Maple Leafs, though a little more inspired one. There, I don't have any, I don't have anything else to say here. Let's see what happens against Washington, and then uh, we'll be back. I guess we'll post it Wednesday or whatever. Same When's time. the Leafs game next week? Uh, so there's a game tomorrow. Obviously, tomorrow there's Saturday. A game Saturday, there's and not a game Wednesday. I know that mon- for sure. It looks like Monday, so maybe. Maybe after Monday, I don't know, depending on uh, the schedule. We'll figure it out. But we'll probably see. Tuesday, our usual time makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, look for it Wednesday morning. Exactly, exactly. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go.